Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it, shot! Oh, baby, what a play! This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe on this week's show? Former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I recap the Monday night game, Eagles and Chiefs, and also preview the game against the Raiders. But Joe, before we get into these games, you know, it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, I'm back in Kansas City. I'm sporting for those of you who won't be watching the video of this episode. I'm wearing an old Hayes huddle t-shirt autographed by Jonathan Hayes. And Joe, on Friday, I can't wait for this, and I'll recap it on the pod. Uh, Mike Davidson, the Chiefs historian, great guy who's been our, on our pod before, is taking uh, uh, our family in on, on a special tour of, of the Chiefs Hall of Honor. So can't wait for that, Joe. Yeah, you know, just going on the Mike Davidson thing, we, we were able to connect again with Mike this past alumni game against the Chargers when Dante Hall went into the Ring of Honor. And, you know... I, Mike just is a fantastic human being. Uh, you know, he's an unbelievable part of the Chiefs community. And uh, his role now as Chiefs historian is just such a great spot for him because he's got, he's such a great storyteller and he has such great connections with everybody in the organization based on what he did for the organization all those years and coming over with Marty from Cleveland and just love seeing him and, and what he does. He just gives the best horse. So Jeff, you're going to have a blast. You're going to have a blast. So much fun. And, uh, you know, so glad that you're going to have a chance to do that with him. And, uh, cause he just, uh, it's just such a great insiders tour. I can't wait. And we'll, I'll break it down for all the listeners here. Uh, so that, that you guys all out there could, uh, check it out. Now on to the, the game at hand was kind of the Kelsey bowl. And we were texting a lot about that. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. Cause, um, Travis Kelsey clearly struggled. He had a fumble. He had a drop pass. Um, you know, I, I personally think that he's just not quite healthy, that he had the back injury, missed week one, that he had the ankle injury against Minnesota. He he looked a little gimpy at this game. He left once for the sideline. Joe, do you think that's it? Do you think uh, you maybe he had a case of the Argentina Blues? Joe, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the issue with Travis Kelsey? Or is yeah. It- yeah, I mean, look, we were in a no-win situation with the whole Argentina trip, right? Like, because if he played really well, oh, great, he got refreshed. If he didn't play well, it was that. Like, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm still sticking sticking by my my uh, my argument that that he, you know, that, that going on a trip like that in a bye week is not going to affect a guy like Travis Kelsey who's been playing in the league yeah. this long. I, I'm 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 oh, I'm I'm man. gonna I'm gonna yeah. die on that hill, Jeff, uh-huh. and. Uh, I just because I don't think it really was a factor. He, you know, it, he he does probably have some nagging injuries. I think that's kind of becoming obvious. Look, he's aging. You know, I mean, players. You know, as you get older and you get into the kind of tenure that he's had, playing in a position that's as physical as tight end with blocking and getting hit and and getting tackled and diving and doing all the things that a tight end does, receiver, running backs. You know, they just have different kinds of nagging things that will ail them over time that are are much more obvious to see than what might happen with an offensive lineman, right? Since that whole world is happening inside of a, a seven foot closet, as we like to say. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, he, he, he certainly struggled a little bit with some of the things that happened. I mean, that was a great punch on the fumble. I mean, that was just perfectly timed. I don't, I mean, 
Jim Brown, uh, you know, I'm thinking of great football players through the years, Walter Payton, those guys aren't holding on to that ball. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, that's just, it was so perfectly timed that, you know, that kind of a a punch on a ball, the ball's going to come out. It was, I mean, he couldn't have hit it any more square. I mean, if that was a heavyweight boxing match, that would have been a knockout punch. Um, So I'm not that worried about that part of it. Um, You know, the, the drop ball, I mean, look, everybody was dropping balls in that game. And, and I think it really, you know, it comes down, this game comes down to a couple of things, right? It comes down to the fact that the Chiefs and Eagles, their big plays were very mirrored. There was a mirror image of, of those two teams. When you look at statistically what happened yeah. out on the field, it was like a mirror image. You know, Jalen Hurts throwing that weird interception, Patrick throwing that weird interception. You know, um, I thought both, Isaiah Pacheco both under, and both under 200 passing yards, Joe. And I thought, that mirroring is so right. Swift and Pacheco had kind of similar numbers. I, I think you're really on to something. Yeah. There. And, and, you know, the only thing that the Chiefs had on the Eagles, I think, was the sacks. I mean, they really did a great yeah. job of getting yeah. to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, and and the, the Eagles just really the, – the Chiefs' offensive line was fantastic. They just really – Patrick had plenty of time. But, I mean, you look at everything. Here, Here's my take on the whole oh. thing, Jeff. The, the impactful plays that the Eagles made – seem to have been happening at a better time, whether it was, I don't know what it was, but like DeAndre Swift's big runs, Isaiah Pacheco had almost just as many big type runs, right? right. You know, Justin Watson had that huge catch on the sideline, just like Devonta Adams had on the, um, or Devonta Smith had on the, On the um, sorry, I get oh, my, my Devonta and the Smiths and the and, 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 hey, and we'll the Raiders. Oh. One day to another with Eagles yeah. to Raiders. Understand? Yeah, guess, and we got the Raiders coming up, so I got yeah. that on my mind. Yeah. But like that catch that he had was very similar to Justin's. It just seemed like the Eagles' big plays, the big yardage gains, were happening at a much more impactful time in the game than when the Chiefs had them. Even though the Chiefs were having the same type, it was so bizarre. Um, and Joe, you know how and. and the the errors for the Chiefs also happened at more impactful times. You know they yes, had yes their tur- two turnovers, one in the end zone and one right. when they were very close to the end zone. So it's, you're absolutely right that just kind of yeah where they happened on the field when they happened on the field. It was just so really it comes down to that and and Jeff I hate to say this and you know me I've I've never been very a very critical commentator you know, podcaster or whatever, and give you my opinions. I mean, and I, and I still don't mean any critic. I'm not being critical about it, but the chiefs have an issue at wide receiver and yeah. I love all of them. You know, you know how I feel about Justin Watson. We're alma mater buddies and you know, he's, he's playing, you know, really well for his role and the things that he's doing and not having been a super high draft pick and coming out of a, a monster football school. And it's just, it's, but in, in all honesty, you know, and, and I'm going to just say this, I, I have to give Justin a lot of credit, not just being a, a Penn Quakers homer and a Chiefs homer, but, and just because I love the kid, I think he's a fantastic human being. Like what he said about MVS was amazing. Like he, he, he's like, look, MVS makes that catch 99 out of a hundred times. So kind of like in a way, like he didn't say it, come out and say this, but he's like, get off his back. Like, you know, he's, he's a great receiver. Like, I just love that about this team. And that's, what's going to propel this team. Like the way they handled this loss, but okay. Back to, back to the point at hand, Jeff, we've got an issue at wide receiver. I mean, we just don't have, you know, I, I went through yesterday, um, you know, I was just doing some research and things. And I was looking at, you know, when you start talking about the top wide receivers 
in in the NFL, um, and and you start going through the names today, um, it's just you know we just don't have a Justin Jefferson or a Tyreek Hill, or to use the, the, get mixing my metaphors again, a Devonta Adams or an AJ Brown or a Stephon right. Diggs. Like we just don't have that receiver. You know, you give Travis all the credit in the world for being the best, if not the best tight end, one of the best tight ends of, of the century. Um, you know, it, it, it just, he's not a receiver. He's not, he's, he's not Justin Jefferson. He's not AJ Brown, you know, and I think that is just the secret sauce that these other teams have offensively, that if Patrick had somebody like that to number one, take the pressure off of the running game to take the pressure off of Travis and, and ultimately take the pressure off of Patrick Mahomes. I think this team would be, they'd probably be undefeated. I really think they would be. Because if you throw an A.J. Brown into that game, and I know AJ, people are always like, oh, A.J. Brown didn't even do anything against the Chiefs. That's because Spagnuolo had an unbelievable game plan for him. I mean, they just, they just you know, the, the Chiefs had an incredible game plan for stopping A.J. Brown. And um, and what did that do? It, you know, it opened things oh, up for Devonta Smith. So yeah, yeah. we just don't have that right now. And, and and with all credit to the receiving core that we have, and again, not being critical, it's it's a wide receiver room of B to B plus receivers. They just are missing that A receiver to give them that extra dimension. And that's, I think that's it. Every, and every team has that. Every team has that. It's not like the Chiefs are unique, right? If, if they're, if somebody, because I think Isaiah Pacheco has really fit a need. Is he the best running back in the league? Absolutely not. But is he fitting the need? Absolutely. For where they got him and, 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 and what he brings to the offense. So, you know, he complements that offensive line really well. So, I mean, I know that was a lot and I went in a very, a lot of circles, but that's how that game made me feel. Yeah. That game made me feel like what's going on here. Like, you know, obviously living here in Philadelphia, I live with a lot of Eagles fans, Chiefs fans, everybody's kind of a, in a mix of like, you know, this whole, like, who do you want to win and all this stuff, right? Cause we're, we're in that, we're in that realm. Um, I tell you, a lot of the Eagles fans that I watched the game with were like, "How did the Eagles win that game? Like, yeah. what just happened? Like, right. did, did we just win? Like, did the Eagles well, just the Eagles, win?" Like, Eagles players themselves, you know, uh, Jason Kelsey and, and Jalen Hurst, you know, they were like, "We didn't play our best game." You know, we're happy with the win, but there's a lot to work on. Um, Joe, to piggyback on a couple of your points, because you made some great ones there. Yeah, we love Justin Watson on this show. You mentioned how. He's, he's a friend of yours. He's a friend of the pod. You're close with his family. I love what he said, being such a stand-up guy. And he's grinding it out there, even with like an elbow injury that I'm sure is not healed. He is such a key component of this, this team. When you compare, you know, he had 11 targets and he's a good player, but like yeah. right now he's, he is their Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson. And that's a problem. You want, you want Justin Watson on your team, but more is, you know, like a fourth receiver, not, not your number one, and that's not that's not on him. That's no. that's on the composition. That's just yeah. And you know, he, I'm sure Justin. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm sure he'd be the first person to admit it that he's not AJ Brown. Like he's. But you look at the stats. My God, Jeff. It was like, and I know stats don't don't paint the whole picture, and you know stats are stats. But you know, I mean, Chiefs win seven more first downs, a hundred more y- yards offensively. 50 plus yards more rushing, 60 more yards passing, same interceptions, conversion rate, 47% on third down for the Chiefs, 27 for the Eagles, same amount of penalties. 
the fumble, the lost fumble, um, that was big. They have, you know, the 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 Eagles held on to the ball, um, and then the five sacks for the Chiefs and one sack for the Eagles. You're like, how did the Chiefs lose this game? And again, it comes down to number one, the fumble, and it comes down to the fact that those somewhere within all of those statistics plays were happening in a better spot for the Eagles yep. than they were for the Chiefs. So what does that tell me? It tells me that the Chiefs just lost to the best team in the NFC. And now ultimately, I don't know how there's a doubt to say that, he, that the Eagles are not the best team in the NFL, just based on the fact that 100%. they yeah. beat the Chiefs. They're nine and one. Like 100%. they're the best. They're the best team in the NFL. Come on. I don't want to hear any more about the 49ers or any of that stuff. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL. And the Chiefs really should have won that game. I mean, you 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 take away, and again, this is all that you, I love. I you know, and I usually be, I'm usually critical of people who go down this route. Like, well, if if you take away the interception, if you take away Travis's fumble, if like, what was the old saying? The one famous coach: if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas, right? Right. But 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 let's play the commentary game, right? Like we get to do that as as armchair quarterbacks here, like you know. Three points out of the Travis Kelsey fumble. Three points out of the pick in the end zone, the, the one that was targeted for Justin, right? Patrick's only interception. There's six more points. The catch by MVS, right? I know it's a big if. It's a big, big if, but he catches that. That's another seven, right? <laughs> Let's pretend they don't, they don't, they miss the extra point, <laughs> right? Give them that benefit of the doubt. Now you're talking about 12, Jeff, you're talking about 12 more points. Yeah. Now it's 29-21, and it's a different game. I mean, so anyway, Chiefs fans need to take heart. Eagles fans need to, to be excited about the win. You should, you should hear the fans here in Philly, Jeff. They're like, oh, man, what a terrible win. And I want to be like, guys, you won. Like, yeah. What, yeah, what, stop. Right. That's, that's, like, neither fan base is happy. And, no. and, both, and both should be. The Chiefs are – Still seven and three. Looking at their schedule, which I will probably touch on a little bit later. Yeah, they still have a great chance at the one seed. And Eagles fans, yeah, it was an ugly win, but you won. That that says something when you can win ugly against a really tough team. On at Arrowhead, yeah. yeah. So against the Chiefs. So come on, like everybody's got to take heart of this game. And I think, I mean, at the whole time I'm watching that game unfold, Jeff, I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching a Super Bowl matchup here. I'm watching a rematch, like. I just, you know, look, is that being Pollyanna optimistic? Probably because it's a long rest of the season and it's a long, I mean, it's long playoffs. I mean, you got, you got a long way to go here, but I mean, come on on paper though, right? There's no reason why these two teams shouldn't be playing um, in the Super Bowl, especially when you say looking at the, at the rest of the chief schedule. I mean, a schedule that I was really, really scared about six months ago, three, four months ago, even like two months ago. You know, coming down the stretch with Buffalo, Cincinnati, finishing the season with San Diego. Oh, I still call them San Diego. L.A. Chargers. <laughs> I mean, but like, wow. Like, holy cow. Like, I was thinking, whew. You know, because my prediction for the Chiefs is that they were going to go 14-3. and three. When I go back to my stats that I keep. Um, and, um, you know. And by the way, I was awfully, awfully close on. I You know, I predicted a 24-21 game against the Eagles. So, you know, I still think the chiefs, um, I still think they can go 14 and three. I really yeah, do. Their, their schedule definitely softens with, with the holiday season upon us. And Joe, the holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and the NBA and the NHL 
hitting mid-season form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use your promo code B L E A V, believe, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, Joe, I want to just follow up on something you said because I I wanted I'm prepared to die on that same hill too that I don't think Kelsey's struggles are at all because he visited uh, Taylor Swift in Argentina. I don't know if you saw this before the game because I know I know you had to, to work so you might have missed it. But he like actually crashed the ESPN set like he was walking <laughs> around doing his warm ups and came off. You might might have seen it on social media, but that just shows that he likes. He's a guy who like likes to be in the moment. He likes excitement. He's an extroverted guy. I don't think I'm with you. I don't think I think he might be uh, banged up or whatever else. Or but it, I I don't think that's that's what's uh, the reason why he's had a little bit of a performance dip. I actually asked him uh, in Germany in the locker room. I said, you know, are you back? You know, you're looking a little healthier. Are you you back to your old self? And he kind of joked about, he's like, oh, old self. And he kind of went off on, on on the word old, you know, even though I meant it as a compliment. So maybe he's 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 feeling that. Joe, as, as somebody who has played um, tight end yourself in, in the NFL, especially later in your career, you really were going to be a, a tight end. I, I saw something there. They seem to do something interesting, the Chiefs, uh, that I'm sure you saw, that they seem to bring both like tight ends in the backfield and then like kind of then bring them to the line of scrimmage. Did you see that Joe? And I, I thought that was interesting. And what were they trying to do there? Yeah. What they're trying to do there, Jeff, is they're trying to disguise the strength air quote of the formation, right? Generally eight times out of 10, depending on the, of course, on the down and distance, the defense is going to call the strength of the formation to where the tight end lines up, right? It's a good, it's a good way to, it's a good way to at least start somewhere if you're on defense, right? So you've got, cause you've got two tackles, two guards and a center. That's an, it's an even line, right? So that doesn't really tell you where the strength of the formation is, right? Like, and when they say strength, it means where are we going to put more bodies? Where are we going to put our big bodies more to that side? Now, again, some of this goes back to historical football when tight ends were, speaking of your awesome T-shirt, the Hayes huddle <laughs> there, when you had tight ends like Jonathan Hayes, who was really, he was a fifth, sixth lineman, let's be honest. Like, I mean, he'd be the first person to tell you that. And that's the way tight ends used to be. Yeah, they were great pass catchers, but they were also an extension of the offensive line. So what Andy's doing there is, and what Matt and Aggie are trying to do is they're trying to disguise where the strength of the formation is, right? So, so if you had double tight end, you don't have a strength, right? Cause now you've got a balanced line. Then you would, then the defense would mark the strength to where there were more wide receivers. So if you had twins or trips receivers out with nobody in the backfield or, or maybe where you aligned your running back or back in the day when, when we actually had fullbacks in the NFL, like if you, if you aligned your fullback over to the right, like it gives, it gives the defense a chance to at least call the strength of the formation so that they can set where they're going to put their weak side players and their open field players. Right. So, um, cause usually if you, you know, if you're going to run the ball to the right and you've got a tight end to the right, that makes a little bit more sense. If you're going to run a weak side play away from the tight end, you don't have as many blockers. So you would call that the weak side. So that was a, 
long answer to a short question, but that's that's generally what you do with the tight ends, and that's what the Chiefs are trying to do. They're trying to keep those linebackers on their toes from where to set the defensive linemen and where to slant the defensive linemen and where to set them up. Because generally, you know, towards the tight end, you're gonna you're gonna align your defensive tackle more on the outside shoulder of the guard if the tight end is that way, right? Because you don't want to get everybody pinned down with that extra blocker over there. So that's great stuff there, Joe. This is, I mean, this is what the listeners tune in for, for kind of this the insider uh, X's and O's stuff that you can provide. Uh, a couple just, there's so much to unpack about this Eagles game. We will get to the, the Raiders game. Um, Joe, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Coach Spags during the week, they asked him, how do you stop the tush push? And he said, um, well, what the key is to get keep them in long, long <laughs> yardage situation um and, and they really did that in the first half third and third and long and third and long and so they didn't get a chance um to do the tush push second half they had a little bit more early down success um and were able to do that we talked about how there was one play it was a third and one it was probably more than a th- third and two in the first half where they should have done the tush push but didn't anyhow um one of the reasons i thought they had success was they started doing more screen passes and joe mm-hmm. i'm curious your take on this i think if i if I were an opposing offense, I would do more screen passes. The Chiefs have such a good pass rush. They're so so aggressive. I think that's what you do when you have a really aggressive pass rush. You go screen, screen, screen. I'm curious if you think that that's something that the Eagles maybe found something there. Yeah, I mean, and and I think um, one of the things why it didn't completely demolish the Chiefs is their receipt, their linebacking core. Yeah, I mean, they've got such an athletic linebacking mm-hmm. core and, you know, they've got such athletic defensive ends, right, that can sniff that stuff out. But you're right. That's the perfect, you know, the perfect antidote to to a uh, to a, a, a an all out pin your ears back pass rush team like like the Chiefs. And and I think that's something that, you know, offensive coordinators are always looking for. Right. They're looking to see that space between you know, the the defensive linemen and the linebackers, right? Especially if, you, if you're if you a defense that likes to drop your linebackers in coverage, especially when you're trying to, you know, bracket a guy like A.J. Brown, you know, especially if the Eagles would have had Dallas Goddard healthy, right? Yeah. You're going to need, you're going to need a linebacker to cover him. Um, so, yeah, so that space that happens between the defensive front and the linebackers, if you're, you know, putting some deep threats out there and taking advantage of that, that space, you know, between 10 to 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, that's a, per- think about it. That's where the screen area is. That's where the, that's where everybody's going to end up. And, and that was something the Eagles definitely looked to take advantage of why, like I said, just to make a point again, but why that didn't kill the chiefs is because they have such good linebackers who can close that distance quickly. Right. That's, that's the whole key to stopping the screen is once the, once the linebackers see that it's a screen, they have to close that distance fast. And they've got to have the athletic ability to turn on a dime and then go forward after being in coverage. So um yeah, it's it's um it's definitely something that the I'm I'm a big screen person. I, I like screens. I, I really love do. I, I love a good screen. Like screen, I like to call it out even sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and all the variations now, right? You've got the bubble screen with the running back coming out of the backfield. You've got your traditional let the defensive lineman come at you and then the linemen go out. And, you know, the Eagles have a great athletic offensive line, especially in Jason Kelsey. Like he gets out and blocks well on screens. Those are more the traditional get the ball out by the numbers. 
let your three linemen lead the way. Then, you know, one of my favorite things to watch now are these new tunnel screens, you know, where you look at that, that tunnel that I was talking about between the line of scrimmage and that 10 yard area in, in the, um, in the defensive secondary, you got linebackers dropping right in coverage and it opens up what is basically a tunnel. And then you push your linemen out. You don't, they don't have to go all the way out and block. Like they don't have to run 40 yards out to block for the, for the receiver, but they just go straight ahead and then it creates that tunnel. It's almost like a slant pattern. It's like a glorified slant, right? That these tunnel screens, I'm a big fan of those. I, I like those a lot. I mean, you see that, you see that run in college a lot, um, you know, with, with that athletic offensive lineman. Um, so yeah, it's just the, the screen variation stuff. And really it's, you know, all that is, Jeff. All all this stuff is is it's just an extension of running games. Yeah, totally. Right? So when too, yeah. so when people start saying things like, "Wow, you know, the, the NFL doesn't it's a passing league." Well, if you look at the number of I call them high percentage pass plays, like when you get over a pass percentage of where you know it's going to be completed eighty to ninety percent or even a hundred percent of the time, right? These quick slants, bubble screens, tunnel screens normal screens like those are really running plays so you got to like add those back into the rushing attempts in my opinion in my mind just because the quarterback's throwing it forward doesn't make it not a running play i'm totally with you great stuff there joe we're going to take a brief pause here then we're going to talk a little raiders uh joe what's what's interesting about this raiders matchup their interim head coach antonio pierce um played under coach spagnuolo uh, for two years, Coach Spag said how that's he's it's one of his favorite players and really praised him. You know, he was the middle linebacker on, on that team that that memorably uh, beat the sixteen and zero Patriots in the Super Bowl, where Spags had a great game plan to slow them down. Uh, Spag said they they don't beat the Patriots without Pierce, who was really kind of the you know he was the middle linebacker. He was he was the quarterback mm-hmm. of that defense. So that's something to watch. The Raiders have been, you know, the Raiders have been such a disaster much of this year. They've been much better under Pierce, um, mm-hmm. which makes me think it's actually given a more competitive game than I first, um, uh, than, than I would have said, you know, a few weeks ago before he got the job. And I'm, Joe, we got to talk about the two glaring statistics. Maybe this is a game where they can uh, address these. Uh, no second half points for three straight games for the for the Chiefs offense, and they lead the NFL in NFL drops. Joe, how do you see this game shaking out? And do you think maybe this is a game where they can like um, improve on those numbers? Well, yeah, they're going to have to give their receivers confidence, right? They're going to have to run routes um, that high percentage routes get those receivers catching the ball, control the line of scrimmage. Like I think the chiefs need to play a very methodical game here to build the confidence and the momentum going back after that tough loss. I think that's the number one thing looks like we've got to get back on track as far as trying to get this offensive line in tune with the snap count. We had a couple more of those started to rear their ugly heads again uh, with Juwan Taylor, which didn't make, I'm sure a lot of people happy. Um, that that seems to have reared its ugly head again. So I'm 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 not concerned about it. Like I'm not scared that it's going to be, you know, uh, a problem. But they're going to have to they're going to have to fix that, right? Those those are silly silly penalties, um, and 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 they're going to have to keep the momentum going. Like they're going to have to put the pedal to the metal in the second half and not ease up on the Raiders. 
you know, even if they jump out to a big number, they're going to have to learn what it's like to come out of the locker room and at halftime and make adjustments and score points. I mean, you know, it's, it's, this is a good, this could be a good confidence builder, you know, for, for this team. I mean, look, they're not, the Raiders aren't like horrible. I mean, I know their record doesn't show, you know, this, this, this isn't a, this isn't a Raiders team that, you know, can, can kill you, but, you know, bouncing around with quarterbacks. I mean, Josh Jacobs seems to really be the only, he seems to be the only constant and, and he's he's not really having, he's not having the year. Cause Jeff, you know, you and I, when we first started doing this pod three years ago, like that Raiders game, he was always, he was always the X factor for me. Like he was was always, whenever they play the Raiders, he was point um, number one, Joe, I'm with you that I actually think, you know, I I think the chiefs win this. They're so good after a loss. I think they're all going to be super motivated. Um, it's actually, I'm kind of surprised that on bet online, it's a nine point line, which I actually think is pretty high. I, I like, I think the chiefs win this by like a touchdown. I, I actually think though, that the Raiders cover the, the spread that seems high. Um, and glad you mentioned, uh, Juwan Taylor and kind of the offense line. I think that's going to be the key issue, um, or the key, maybe the key matchup or something to watch for Max Crosby is always been really good. He's having his best year. And we saw during the, the Netflix quarterback show how he and Patrick kind of have yeah. a thing. I think that's going to be something to watch and a fun matchup. And um, yeah, that, I, I think that's the matchup to watch. What what the, I think Chiefs will have to their in, advantage is I was in Allegiant Stadium a few weeks ago, or I'm, I'm sorry, last month, and it, it's a great venue, really cool stadium, one of my favorites. Um, Coach Tab actually said the same thing. That's one of his favorites. How how just pretty and sleek it, it does look like the Death Star when you're walking yeah. around inside. You feel you feel like that. They're even playing Star Wars music. Anyhow, um, uh, I, I think one of the things that will help is it's always like this, but it's Thanksgiving week. I think you're going to have a lot, a lot of Chiefs fans in there. So for Max Crosby going against that offensive line, I don't think he's necessarily going to get the the benefit of the crowd noise like the Chiefs had on on Monday night. I think, uh, you know, I I think there's going to be as many, if not more, Chiefs fans and Raiders fans in that stadium. Yeah, especially the way that the the Raiders are playing. And one thing, speaking of Max Crosby, that we're going to be missing, we're we're trading college um, matchups. So we, we're going to be losing the Andrew Wiley, Max Crosby, you know, best buds in college teammates thing, which is kind of, t- I was hard. Cause I, we all, I know you and I always like talking about that. That was a fun one. However, fun we, matchup, yeah. we do have, now they're not going to be going against each other cause they both play offense. But speaking of Penn Quakers and Justin Watson, uh, we've got 12 year uh, veteran right guard, Greg Van Roden, uh, Penn Quaker out there for the Raiders. Um, so we'll have a couple, we'll have a couple of Penn Quakers out there, um, in Vegas, uh, playing against each other, which is, which is pretty cool. So, uh, keep your eye on, on Greg Van Roten for, for the, for the Raiders on the offensive line. He's a solid veteran, came out of Penn and played for a couple different teams and, um, you know, it was a good pickup for them, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, look, you got Aiden O'Connell in at quarterback, right? They've, they've, they've started at all three of their quarterbacks this year, even Brian Hoyer, you know, led the team in one game and, um, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see what, what Aiden O'Connell can do. I mean, he's relatively, you know, young player here. I mean, he's a little bit older, he's 25 year old, you know, rookie, but, um, you know, fourth round pick, I mean, not a, not a player that, you know, was, 
you know, super high on people's radar and things and see, see what he can do. And that that's, you know, this is a tough defensive line to play against, especially when you watch what the chiefs were able to do against the Eagles offensive line right. who, you know, right. pound for pound, like the Eagles and chiefs offensive lines, you know, people call them the two best offensive lines in the NFL and the chiefs were able to really get, get Spags was getting dialing on some fantastic blitzes. They were running some great stunts and really giving the uh, Eagles offensive line fit. So I can't imagine what they're going to be able to do against a guy like Aiden O'Connell with all due respect to, you know, rookie quarterback who, who wasn't, I mean, played at Purdue. He still played some great college football, but he's not, he's probably hasn't seen anything like what he's about to see is yeah. the Spags unleashes the exotic blitzes and things that he has. So that's going to be interesting. And so I, I think watching what, what this, Raiders line can do against the chief defensive line is first and foremost to, to see, you know, where, where things go. And then, and then I think, you know, you know, I still, even though, even though he has, isn't having the season, I, you know, the one thing that does scare me just a tad about our defense, keep to keep it on the defensive side of the ball for the chiefs is, is, is if Josh Jacobs does have like a breakout game and, and they can control the clock. Like you said, if, if you think this is going to be a touchdown game and, and the nine point, line is is too big like if he could be the difference maker right i mean we saw what um you know deandre swift did against against the chiefs and um you know making those big plays at the right time josh jacobs still got some stuff left in those legs so that's what i'd be that's what i'd be watching for more more and then and then again on the other side of the ball is making getting this receiving core some confidence and, and making the catches that they need to make. I mean, that's, it's going to be a big test for them coming off of that uh, tough loss against the Eagles. And they, and they hopefully can do this. It's not, it's not a very good secondary uh, Chiefs fans will, uh, who might have not have watched the Raiders a lot. They'll see a familiar face. Marcus Peters, uh, the former chief had some great years with the chief chiefs is one of their starters. And, you know, he was a really good player in his prime, but he's, it's he's had several injuries. He's he's a far cry from me what he used to be. Uh, Joe, uh, how do you see this game shaking out? It's kind of score wise. Are you like me that you think the nine the the nine uh, point spread is a little high? Uh, you didn't see this about a touchdown game, or do you think the uh, the Chiefs cover? I think the Chiefs cover this one, Jeff. I, I think they're going to win by at least ten. Um, uh-huh. I think they're going to, I think they're going to get their, their sea legs. And, and if, if I had to throw a score out there, um, I still think the Raiders are capable of scoring and, um, I'm not sure if, if the chiefs are going to score in the thirties, but I would say to me, this game's going to be like a two touchdown game. Like it's going to be like 21 to 14. I think it's going to be slow for the Raiders. I don't think they have the offensive juice this, this go around to, to, to really take advantage of, of anything that the chiefs defense is going to give them. So I'm seeing it like a, a, a two score, two touchdown game, you know, 28 to 14, not like, I don't think it's going to be, listen, I would, what I like it to as a chiefs fan, I would like to see it be 35 to zero. Right. But in all reality, I, I think it's going to be like a steady game for the chiefs, you know, methodical, I think 28 to 14 is, is where I see this happening. And again, a fun matchup between uh, Antonio Pierce and, uh, Coach Spags, you wonder if if uh, Pierce knows anything that that you know any of the tricks Coach Spags have been doing such an unbelievable job this year with this defense, but maybe maybe Pierce uh, you know knows some stuff. Uh, and I encourage you. I actually wrote about this uh, connection between them uh, for Forbes.com. I encourage listeners to uh, check that out. Well, listen. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. 
Um, and if you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Go, Chiefs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.